Hello, I'm James. Hi, I'm Jimmy. Welcome to A Job Done Well, the podcast about the world of work and how to improve the daily grind. Hi, everyone. Today's episode is about authentic leadership. It's part of our leadership series. So we have got back on with us our esteemed learning and development guru, Amanda Gilbert. Hi, Amanda. Hi, nice to be back. What have you been up to since you uh, last joined us? Last week I was in London. It's a while since I've been in London, but helping an amazing team who are newly forming, which was fascinating. Sounds exciting. Well, it's great to have you back. James, how have you been? I'm very good, thank you very much. I've got a question for you, Amanda. Mm. Do you like our theme music? Oh, crikey, you put me in the middle of the conflict, yes. why don't you? James is going to change it for me for my birthday next year. I think he think? said it was expensive, yeah, right? It was for his 60th birthday. So what can I tell you? Yeah, I do. I'll have a pop-up. Traitors. So you've both been telling me how good Traitors is. Genius. Absolute genius TV. Loved it. I started to watch it with my daughter. I must have managed about half an hour. What a load of old dribble. What Amanda just said is when they're doing the bit at the end where they're all chatting and deciding who they're going to throw out, it's like a validation session. Who in their right mind wants to pay good money to watch a validation session? I've been through far too many of those in my life. Just dreadful. Clearly it resonated with you then. Yeah, anyway. Got well, majestic. But, but traitors, in fairness, is a, a good subject to uh, mention before we talk about authenticity and authentic leadership. Because the whole premise of the programme is to lie and manipulate. Masterclass in not being your authentic self. So, what are we talking about? Authentic leadership. Don't, don't you want to know how my week's been? Not. <laughs> How's your week been? <laughs> Let's move on. So, uh, we're doing authentic leadership this week. Leadership is such a key point to underpin performance and enjoyment at work, which is what this podcast is all about. And, you know, it was by popular demand, I think, there was a number of bits of feedback uh, around authentic leadership as being a subject for us to yeah, cover. Yeah. Yeah, we've got two bits of feedback. First bit was you can learn as much from poor leaders as good leaders. I think, can... I think on that, James, yeah. the, um, what I've found is that it can be quite cathartic to see, to, to work for a poor leader and actually feel that you're learning because at least you're getting something positive out of the experience, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. This is how not to do it. Absolutely. And when you have a good leader, then actually it's a bit like water off a duck's back. You don't notice it so much. And then the other bit of feedback we got was that it was the best episode ever, uh, Amanda was fantastic, and I would tell you that I'm a bit worried about my job on this podcast, but between you and me, Amanda, the pay ain't that great, so I think <laughs> I'm fairly safe. We can split nothing between us. Nothing, absolutely. So, go on then, Amanda. What have you got for us about leadership? Well, actually, I was having a look at the CIPD, so the Institute of Personal Development website, and there's some research there that goes to prove that old trope that people leave managers, not their jobs. Right. yeah. When asked why workers left their last organisation, one in five people gave being unhappy with leadership or senior management as a reason, uh, rising, in fact, to 30% for those who'd changed their jobs in the last 12 months. Yeah, I'm a little surprised it's only that low, yeah, to be yeah. honest with you. Well, I suppose we are talking about people who've actually left their job. So really, that's the tip of the iceberg. There'll be a large percentage of the remaining people that are probably unhappy with their leader and not performing as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know how many people would cite their leader as part of their engagement score. We're going to talk about authentic leadership. There's lots been written on the subject, so today we're going to explore what do we mean by authentic leadership and, importantly, how can you incorporate it into your 
management toolkit. So I started out as normal and I got my dictionary out and I had to look to see what a definition of authentic was. So what does the dictionary tell us? So authentic means of undisputed origin and not a copy, genuine, made or done in the traditional or original way or in a way that faithfully resembles an original and based on facts, accurate or reliable. But what's that got to do with the leadership that matter? What's your take on that? The things that the research showed and the model points to are a number of facets, which we've distilled into these things. One is self-awareness. Yeah. So authentic leaders are self-aware. Transparency, objectivity. This was really interesting because it was about soliciting challenge and something we talked about in the last leadership yeah. session was yeah. that being accurate about yourself and perspective. And then, interestingly, this values-led direction and approach, which I thought was fascinating. That align with what you both think about when you think about authentic leadership? Yeah, I think those those examples of, of what an authentic leader might be showing do resonate. If you are going to be transparent about your whole self and you're going to invite challenge in and you're going to show people what your values are, you are going to have to be reasonably confident in being vulnerable around people because you're bringing more of yourself to a particular situation, aren't you? It's really obvious when somebody's being authentic, but likewise, it's also really obvious when somebody's being inauthentic. And the number of times I've sat in discussions with people and they just sit there and they nod and they look wise and they um, toe the company line, when you think, well, you don't believe that at all. That's totally against what you say, what you would normally say. And um, that just reduces people's power, I think. You do expect to see an alignment between what people think and what they say and what they do. That, you know, whether you agree with it or not, at least that is being authentic, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it comes back to what we've said in the past about organisational purpose. If people are authentic, they seem to have some sort of external purpose, something that they value, something that they want to go for. Whereas if they are just um, interested in making money or protecting their position, then it just shows it's uh, demotivational. So the one example that occurs to me is the whole Lucy Letby thing. Apparently, after the first three deaths that Lucy Letby was involved with, the consultant said, well, this nurse has been on the ward um, on all three occasions but the managers just effectively hushed it up and um, moved away from it they obviously didn't want that news getting out because clearly that would have been very bad for the hospital but that for me is deeply inauthentic they're not thinking about what they are there to do they're just there protecting their position so alignment between purpose of what you're doing and how you behave as well absolutely and the values yeah, yeah. if you're not authentic and true to yourself as a person just how you behave naturally I can't see how you'd be an authentic leader because of that point about being yourself in alignment it's almost like people when they're being the leader have taken on a role so suddenly it becomes a performance yeah an act. Yeah. yes yeah, yeah 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 and so as a leader I should say this or I work in HR and so I must present in this way but people see through that and so to your point about vulnerability, I think it also requires bravery. Perhaps that's yeah. a different facet of the se a different side of the same coin. But to truly know self-awareness, who you are, 
means knowing your strengths. It also knows what your limitations are. And then as a leader doing the thing that I think is sometimes counterintuitive for leaders, which is to say, I don't know. Yeah. But the authentic leader goes down the route of, here's my point of view. I might be wrong. What do you think? And then being prepared to hear, which is in this objectivity part, something that's different to your own opinion, and then skilled enough to take it on board, maybe change your point of view. Some people think leadership is an act. I get out and on stage. But there still has to be some alignment between the purpose of what you're trying to do, your organisation, the values you have personally, and, and how you act. I certainly am more outgoing when I'm in a leadership position than when I'm not, but I'm still true to myself. You're still going to get the right version of me. All these facets are great because they all tie together. Think about self-awareness and being transparent, objectivity and values. They're all great stuff. However, the thing that's missing for me is this whole thing about purpose. So what is it that you as a leader are there for? What are you trying to achieve? And do people pony up to that? Will they get with you? Because if you're leading people, you want to lead them somewhere. Yeah. One of my favorite examples of this is a, a chap called Paul Polman. He was the CEO of Unilever. So it was a fairly big corporate boost. After he retired, he went on and got involved in the um, business forum for sustainable development which is all about you know, global warming and how we avoid these things. And there is a video clip, which I will put on the website. But you listen to this guy talk yeah. and you want to get behind him because he is so compelling and you believe what he says. And because you believe what he says, then it becomes important, which for me is the whole thing about authenticity. So why do you need authentic leaders? Because you want them to take you somewhere. There's no good being authentic unless you get results. And that for me is the key thing. Yeah, I think the um, the clip that you mentioned really shows, like you said, that, that deep belief in what he's talking about. There are the, the facets that you talked about, Amanda, are absolutely spot on, but you could throw a whole load of other things in there as well, can't you? Oh, there's, there's tons written about this, which is really interesting, but these seem to be consistent things that came up over and over. Lots but what's really interesting for me is you can tell. You can tell when someone's being inauthentic. You know, you just sit there and you think, you are talking absolute bobbins. And when you were sitting in front of a manager who's saying, we must go left, when you know he wants to go right, it just it does nothing for motivation, it does nothing for morale, and things just collapse around you. And that, for me, is why it's important. And maybe it goes back to your point about an act. Yeah, I read this on the Centre for Creative Leadership, which is being a phony is hard work. So actually, when you're going against what you truly believe in trying to pass yourself off as something else actually your energy gets depleted people see through it quite quickly and then your followership followership quickly disappears i don't know if you're the same as me but when i was young as a kid you used to tell lies and then you realize actually lying is hard work you can't remember what you said to who so i found as a person was better and easier just to, to be truthful because it's easier. There's some of the ideas behind authentic leadership, but why is it important? I think authentic leaders in general get more out of their, their teams. They get a better performance. They unlock discretionary effort. People want to follow them. They want to work for them. Do you know what? I think I've got an example that brings that to life. 
years and years ago, I was working in an organisation which was about to close down its local branch network. So you can imagine the scene, the guy that had been the boss for years of this team of people, incentivizing, encouraging them, bringing along their performance, was then tasked with making one of those dreadful announcements where you call everyone together. Yeah. They've got a message. We're all sitting there in the room, ready for him to start. He has script in hand. And as he begins to speak, he just pauses for a moment, puts down the script and yeah. says... This script being written by HR and legal, presumably. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Look, everyone, I'm really sorry to tell you that we are closing down the branch network. With all the emotion and yeah. feeling in his voice about what that meant to him, but actually what it meant, recognition of what it meant to the people in the room, which was fascinating. Because in that moment, instead of kind of uproar and outrage and everyone sitting back, what everyone did was leaned in. And what were the consequences of that? Well, do you know, the consequences were incredible. One, you had a team of people that continued to work really hard over the six months that they had waiting for the branch to close down. But standout um, moment for us was one of the, our brokers, whose businesses were still going on, of course, wanted this really huge um, group pensions quote and the very team were, that were about yeah. to be made redundant were the people required to stay at night late at night which they did willingly to bring these quotes together package them and then drive them across to where the broker was at about 10 o'clock at night not the kind of behavior that you expect typically yeah from people. but they weren't doing it for the company were they they were doing it for this bloke yeah. exactly right because he was being transparent and acting in line with his values, in that example, he un he unlocked the discretionary effort and got got the the job done there. James, have you got any examples? Yeah, so it's maybe not quite as dramatic. However, I like a bit of drama. Yeah, I used to work for a company that made sweets, and um, the boss there was he was a development guy, but it was just important to him that we made the best sweets. There was no messing about. Was it as good as it could be? If it wasn't as good as it could be, it's going in the skip and we'll try something else. And he would go through walls just over this, this point of principle. And because he was so clear, it just became important to everybody else. These sweets had to be the best sweets. And I know it sounds stupid, but when you're working in the environment, you take real pride in that. And you know, people pull all-nighters, run factory trials, whatever it was, just because you were making the best sweets and you were doing it for Lex. So really important, I think. To similarly, you know, his values around being the best and making the best sweets, and he was very transparent about yeah, absolutely. that. Absolutely, and that drove the, the performance exactly where you stood. Yeah, I've got, I've got an example to just to counter your you, you like brimming with positivity. <laughs> Sometimes, equally, if you look at the flip side of things, you can learn. So, I worked for an inauthentic leader at one point. There were lots of reasons why. They were inauthentic, but one good example was that I got feedback from them. And, you know, feedback's a gift, so you, it's always there to learn. But I got it, not direct from them. I got it from a person who was facilitating some strategy sessions with, with us. And they turned around to me and said, this is what your boss thinks about you. Uh, and it was about me challenging some of the ideas that we'd had in this strategy session. It's like... So to me, that was really inauthentic, A, because the person didn't tell me direct, and, and B, they didn't like the challenge. They didn't want challenge. They just wanted people to say, 
yes to their ideas. So as a consequence, I didn't really feel comfortable and didn't feel safe. And the upshot was I ended up ended up leaving there. Yeah. So I was in the 30% that you mentioned uh, earlier, Amanda, about people that will lead companies because the leader... Yeah, well, on the subject of people who didn't like challenge, I used to work for a bloke and, oh, where do I start? One story about him. So he would come in and he would say, oh, we're going to be fantastic. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to capture the market. Da, da, da. And in the next breath, he'd be telling everybody about his £30,000 watch and how great his £30,000 watch was and how he couldn't really justify buying the £60,000 watch. He got the nickname of the Watchman and it became really clear that this bloke didn't give three bookers about anything else except his fancy watch and his fancy car and, and what he was getting out of the situation. And it was just a, a nightmare to work for because he'd say one thing, but you could tell his values were somewhere totally different. Yeah, disconnect there Yeah. in terms of, of trust. What can we believe from you? And I think that, you know, we worked with uh, somebody in, in a previous organisation with, th with the three of us who did a similar thing. And we, we talk a lot about, you know, getting back to the floor. So this particular leader talked about the recent bonus that the organisation had got. And rather than saying, wasn't it great? And we he did really well. We all got something. He talked about the Porsche that he'd bought out, the, the bonus. And he was, <laughs> uh, he was uh, talking to, to, to frontline people who... You know, they wouldn't earn a they wouldn't earn the money to buy a Porsche in ten years. Yeah, there's another example like your watchman, the Porsche man. Well, in terms of self-seeking, now here's one. Let's get political on this. Somebody really winds me up is old Boris Boris Johnson, because you can't help but think whenever you watch him, he doesn't really have a political view on anything at all. His only political view is what's best for Boris. Now maybe that's deeply unfair of me. But that is the impression I get. And because that is the impression I get, then I know exactly how I'm going to behave around it. Not so to I'll be trusted. You, I, I took your watch and saw your Porsche, and now you've taken my, my Porsche and, and trumped me with a Boris, but talking of Trumps... Ah, very good. See what you did there. Yeah. Donald Trump is probably going to become the most powerful man in the world again. Yeah. And is he authentic? Now... Personally, he doesn't chime with me at all in any way, shape or form. You see his rallies and you see people jumping and screaming and shouting. And there are obviously a lot of people out there who believe what he said. But then on the other side of the coin, he has just been sued for $81 million, hasn't he? There is a double-sided to this authenticity. You unlock discretionary effort. People want to work for you. But there are also some scary exceptions of people who get into some extremely senior roles in organisations or in the world in general who couldn't be less authentic in the way we're defining it and talking about it if you try it. But if you accept being an authentic leader is a good thing and is going to get better performance from our teams, how do you go about getting an authentic leadership style then? Yes, now you've got to earn your corn, Amanda. Because you were so good last time, apparently. So there are four things that Best we talked about. Ever. Best, Best episode, episode ever. ever yeah. Yeah. There were four things we talked about. Self-awareness, transparency, being objective, and being really clear about your values. So, should I decide at this late stage that being an authentic leader is something that I wanted, I aspire to be, yep. how do I go about 
doing that? Or is the die cast I'm a lost cause? I, no one's a, la- last co- a lost cause even. You can teach a, a, an old dog new tricks, James. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, self-awareness. I mean, in the world of development, there are a ton of tools. Psychometric instruments, for example, which help you to formally explore. Who am I? What are my preferences? What are yeah. my behaviours? You'll have come across a ton of those. Um, 360 feedback. Lots of yeah. 360 feedback tools exist as well for leaders. And then that process of self-reflection as well, which you can do alone or you can reflect with the support of a coach too. So you'll learn something about yourself too, if you didn't already know. Yeah, it's a, a great point that getting tools that help you structure how you look at yourself and asking people can give you extra stimulus rather than just, what do I think about myself? Right then, so that's self-awareness. What about the other three things? Transparency being objective and values. Well, let's look at objective for a minute, if we may. So that's about picking someone and asking them to give you a different perspective. Encourage them to share with you a different point of view and then trying it on. I have been objective in the past. I remember Pete, if you're listening to this, a guy I used to work with called Pete, saying to me, James, I've looked at the data 53 ways. Can we accept it's not working yet? I was slow, but I did get objective. <laughs> I Eventually. I, I think that does require an element of confidence because you have to actually go out and ask for an opinion that you know may contradict yours. I've always found it really useful to know the people around me who, if I wanted somebody to agree with me, I'd go to one person. Sometimes you just want somebody to say, yes, Jimmy, you're right. Often you need a different person. So knowing who are the people who think differently from you and going and seeking them out can be incredibly useful to giving you an alternative point of view. For sure. And it can be an exercise, actually, that you do, um, let's say, intentionally with your team for creativity anyway. So you spend some time saying, here's a point of view. Now let's deliberately take on a different mindset. Give me some opposite perspectives. Um also, also on the psychometrics that you do, you can often see different people's profiles and, you know, people who have different profiles from you. It's always a way to seek out people who all think different. think different. Yeah. So there's objectivity, transparency. Well, I think you have to be comfortable showing more vulnerability. As you build that self-awareness, just kind of lean into it a little bit. It's okay to say if you don't know things, it's okay to ask for help you'll find that when you try those things out, A, you're showing transparency, but B, you'll get that positive reaction from people. People will will accept that and will embrace it and will help you. Yeah, I love that. Call to action there is for a little bit of bravery, but take small steps at a time and see how much you can take on board. Okay, and then the final one, values. I like this one because there are tons of exercises, once again, that you can do around exploring values. Sometimes it's as simple as just grabbing a list, looking down the list, picking the ones that actually, as an exercise, deliberately and intentionally, that resonate with you. And then if you pick top 10, go again. Now reduce it to five. So really what you draw out is what matters to you, what matters to you the most. And then potentially ask other people to tell you when they see those values in you or what shines out when you're interacting with them, what stands out, what values they would associate with you. On the subject of values, I've always found it very easy to discover what Jimmy's values were when I was working with him, because you just sit there and watch what triggered him. It's a, a good point, James. I think just thinking back over the last 
couple of weeks, where are the things that got you a, a really strong response, either positively, like got you excited or really pissed you off. Think about those things and think about often what's the value that you have, what's the set of values that you have that sits behind those more, you know, stronger emotional responses to things. What is it that you really don't like about traitors? And what does that say about your values? I wonder. <laughs> There's something else, though, which I think needs touching on, which we haven't talked about is actually the environment that you're working in. Yeah. So if you understand your values and you understand what's important to you and you find yourself working in an environment where those values are different, but what do you do when you're in that situation? Can you be an authentic leader when you're working in an environment where clearly what is important to you is not the same as what's important for the company? It's clearly easier if you already fit, yeah, right? Yeah. The organization that you choose to work for already aligns to your personal values. If it doesn't, then you've got some choice. You're a choice, right? Am I going to stay? Or um, should I go? Or shall I go? Who did that? Should I stay or should <laughs> I go now? It was the clash. And you've always got a choice. We may not always like the choices that we've got, but we always have a choice. At some point, you might find yourself in a situation where you can't be your authentic self, and then there is a choice. And you know, I, as a number of people do, chose to go and work somewhere else. Oh, I'm firmly of the opinion, if it's not right for you, get out. Get out. Life is too short. So to sum up, authentic leadership is important. It can drive improved engagement, motivation, and enthusiasm, and therefore get greater performance in your teams. As a manager, being authentic is actually in many ways easier because being phony is hard work, but it does take some bravery. Are you prepared to show the world what you really got? And the facets we've focused on today are self-awareness, transparency, objectivity and soliciting challenge, and being values-led. But it is a complicated subject, mm -hmm. so that is not an exhaustive list. And it's not a binary thing by any stretch of the imagination. There are plenty of leaders and senior executives out there who clearly are not authentic. But the great news to sum up is, if you're interested, it can be developed. So, hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We'll be back next week with another episode and next month for the next in our leadership series. Uh, Amanda, you'll be joining us for that one again, will you? Yes, thanks. And we're going to talk next month about the curious leader versus the directive leader and what we make of that in terms of work performance and one, enjoyment. One to look forward to. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye. If you'd like to find out more about how James and I can help your business, then have a look at our website, jobdonewell.com.